Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. Greetings, constant listeners. It's Jen to the Rage Adams. Today, as we smash our pumpkins and set the table for the big turkey, we're unlocking one of our older Patreon exclusive episodes from the Dairy Private Library. It's from last year's festivities and finds the losers and special guests Janelle Jansen and Jason Pellegrini listing the 10 best Stephen King stories to read and revisit ahead of Thanksgiving. And if you enjoy this episode, you can get even more of them by joining our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash the Barons. There you can find hours and hours of exclusive content we haven't unlocked, from commentaries for your favorite Stephen King films, to our in-depth archival series that goes deep into King's uncollected works, to our Dark Tower spinoff series, to our book episodes on new King books like this September's Fairy Tale, last year's Billy Summers, and the list goes on. For now, though, enjoy this episode, and I'll be seeing you over long days and pleasant nights. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too, and I'll be right there behind you. Greetings, constant listeners, and welcome to another hearty episode of The Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast. I'm your host for today, Michael. Attention all shoppers. If you have a sweet tooth, we have a special treat for you. If your purchases in the next half hour amount to $5 or more, we'll give you a bag of hard candy free for the kitties or enjoy yourself. So hurry and do your Black Friday shopping at Monroeville Mall. Rothman. Nice. And I hope you've brought an appetite on par with Pinzetti or Halleck because we're serving up quite a feast in King's Dominion. Now, today, we're giving thanks to the man who has brought us together many, many times here in Derry, Maine. Some call him the master of horror. Publishers love to call him a best-selling author. But constant readers and listeners like us delightfully call him Popsy. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Of course, we're talking about Stephen King and all the pros he's given us year after year after year. And even years before we were born. Uh, but more specifically, we are going to discuss what stories of his we should be pulling off the bookshelves when mama's kicking us out of the kitchen cooking Thanksgiving dinner. And here's the rub, and I don't mean turkey rub. <laughs> King has never officially written a Thanksgiving story. Um, now, this really shouldn't be a surprise pretty much to any of us, especially if you've been listening to this podcast, because as we've learned... King isn't really a holiday guy when it comes to his writing, which is why we had to get creative last year and come up with top 10 stories for Halloween. (laughs) And then two months after that, we had to get creative to come up with top 10 stories for Christmas. And so, you know, I felt Thanksgiving, it's a good holiday. We should give it, you know, give it a list also. So look, that's what we're going to be doing today. Uh, We're going to be suggesting 10 stories of his that we 
feel our Thanksgiving tales. And by the episode, by the end of this episode, or maybe, you know, meal, let's keep it on theme. We like to do that here at the Losers Club. Ten of King's stories will be slathered in gravy and ready to be devoured for this November and every November going forward. You can thank us later. For now, though, we've got a lot of carving to do. Unfortunately, I'm not alone. Joining me at the Dairy Townhouse dining room, I thought that was a pretty clever ref because that is where <laughs> they stay in it. And we're keeping it on theme because we are the Losers Club. We're here in Dairy, and we're staying at the Townhouse. So we're here in the dining room, and they've been really, really nice to us. They allowed us to have the whole place ourselves. It's, it's, we got a very tasty, very homey, and very cozy dinner up ahead. And... uh Look, I got a rabid round table of familiar faces and new friends. At the other end of the table, holding a plate of fried green tomatoes that are just <laughs> screaming with Nashville flavor. Please introduce <laughs> yourself. <laughs> Hi, this is the gingerbread girl, Adams. <laughs> and... <laughs> oh, getting a little festive for Christmas, are yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, and I'm getting hungry, so can't wait mm. to talk about these stories. Also, bravo on your introduction. I love the commitment to the lackadaisical kind of, you know, I've been working for 12 hours in the small announcement. So Yeah, well, look, it's, you know, that's a great reference to George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead. I say great, even though I made the reference. So look, I'm being subjective <laughs> with my own references here. But I, you know, I was thinking like, there's got to be something I could do to tie with Black Friday, Monroeville Mall. It made sense anyway. Mm-hmm. To my right. Coming in hot with some rare deli meat straight out of Long Island. Please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm uh, Jay. Just call me Dick Hollering because I am in the kitchen cooking up your uh, Thanksgiving feast at, <laughs> at the Overlook. <laughs> Pellegrini. Hey. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm happy to be back for what probably was, you know, the most uh, difficult of, of tasks. So thanks for thinking of me for that one, but it's actually what it's actually one of the more funner ones. I, I will say, you know, it seems on theme for you because look, you do see some great polls online. Uh, you know, especially on Twitter, you, you've, you've definitely, uh, the engagement you get with your polls with asking for, you know, top whatever in King's dominion. I felt this is, you got to be on this list. You have to, you know, you got to help us carve this out. This it seems on theme for you. Well, Jason, I'm glad that you're here again. Familiar face here on the Losers Club. Very happy to have you here in Dairy, Maine. <laughs> always, always. Uh, apparently, the overlooks in Dairy, Maine. But yeah. You know. Well, hey, look. <laughs> you know, it's all the, the new there, overlook. There's a thinny there, and you just walk through. So there you go. Yeah. One level of one one level of the tower. It, it's probably in Dairy. Yeah, it's like a Dairy Overlook hybrid that we got going yeah, on yeah, here. Yeah. I mean, look, anything's possible in King's Dominion. Um, it's like it's like the MCU a little bit. How about that? You know, it's uh, a. <laughs> Spider-Man, uh, what is it? No One's Home or something like that? Uh, it's like flip the script and just add any character. I just saw a trailer for it today. Okay. Spider-Man um, Home Alone, I think. Yeah, Home Alone. It should be, actually. It's coming out December, so why not? Um, well, to my left, gracing us with a very fine bottle of Sauvignon Blanc from Northern California. I hope I'm right on that. Please say hello. <laughs> Hi, um, Janelle. Sometimes dead is better chances. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. A very favorite of the yeah. pod. Very mm-hmm. favorite pod. The turkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, John, this is your first episode of the Losers Club. So please, you know, tell us your Stephen King origin story and how you've, uh, you know, come to find yourself in King's Dominion. 
Yes, my mom actually read a lot of horror when I was growing up, and she had a ton of Stephen King books on herself. And I stole The Shining and read it when I was like seven. Oh wow! (laughs) (laughs) Totally understood the whole thing. Uh (laughs) Oh my god! And then I just kind of went from there, like um, it and misery, and just I don't know. I just kept reading, and then also I just started watching a lot of horror movies too as a kid so i watched like the it series in the 80s the 80s and the it was like 1990 so it works yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah. <laughs> <Still counts>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i just like i don't know i always came back to him he is like the only person that got me to really like i guess you could say fantasy too because horror is like my brand of fantasy um so yeah I've just been a lifelong fan. What is it about, you know, his prose that I think has, that really drew you in? I mean, look, reading The Shining at that young age, what do you think, you know, looking back then, like, what do you think it was at that point? Was it the world building? Was it just the scares? Maybe the characters? Like, what what, what was the real hook for you, do you feel? The characters. I don't usually read a lot of, like, fantasy or I do, I, even though I like it and I watch a lot of it, um, it's not something I read a lot of, and then, but I do read a lot of horror and sci-fi and he kind of dips into those genres a lot, especially horror, obviously, but I, it's the characters because they, they just kind of get seared into my mind. I never forget anything about them and I always think about them and I always want to revisit, I don't know, just his writing and, mm-hmm. and just living in that world, you know? Mm-hmm. It's always the characters that get me. And you've, I mean, honestly, you've, you know, amassed quite a following on Instagram. You know, one of the the big bookstagram influencers out there for sure. When did you know that that was like starting to take off for you? Like, and that is it a lot of work to keep up every you know day in day out? <laughs> oh yeah, it's a lot of work. I used to post a lot more than I do now. I post like maybe once a day, but I used to post like two or three times a day and. It is a lot of work because I care, I guess. It just kind of happened. I Somebody gifted me a Book of the Month club, and I realized there's a whole community that talks about books, and I was just in a weird place and wanted to do something and just started posting books on a separate account. I don't even know. I wasn't even called She Reads with Cats at first. I had a really stupid name, like Books, Cats, and something. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I decided that was really dumb and too obvious, so... I used to post pictures of my kittens, actually my cats at that time, and uh, just kind of put the two together. And then I just started, I'm one of those people that constantly likes to challenge myself. So I just started like, I want to contact publishers and I want to do reviews and started out as just little captions and it became bigger reviews. And then it just started picking up, but it wasn't planned. None of it. Are you a real fast reader also? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I do read fast. I mean, I can read slow if I have like, you know, the character's voice in my head reading with me or something like that. But if I just read and, and just kind of go through the pages really quick, I pick it up really fast. Yeah. That's, that's Um, a quality that Jen and Caffrey on the podcast (laughs) have just in spades. Jen, you read pretty fast. Like, I mean, you'll say you're starting something and then like the night that afternoon, sometimes (laughs) it'd be like, just wrapped it up. And I'm like, (laughs) 
I'm 10 pages in. I don't yeah. know what I'm going to finish. <laughs> I do read pretty fast when I like, when I, I read, I think of it, but I do a lot of audiobooks too. And so sure. that, oh, that yeah. goes really yeah. fast, you know, or because oh, you can like keep going with stuff, you know, I love, mm-hmm. I have a hard time with nonfiction audio, but fiction audio is, is my jam. So that's, that's what you did for a uh, girl who loved Tom Gordon, right? I did. I listened to the audiobook and then I referenced my hard copy. So yeah. Yeah, that's. I f- oh, that would be a fun audiobook. Audio gets me through the classics. Mm-hmm. And some, yeah, <laughs> I love the classics, but some of them, you know, yeah, they are what they are. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice that they I keep going. It. <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the it one. The is, it audiobook is great. Stephen yeah. Weber, yeah. Dream Crush reads yeah. it very well. So, the, I, that's that, how I reread. Yeah, that, me too. that's what happened with me because when we did our it episode, there was only like two years after I had finished it again, and um. I was like, I was like, I don't really want to read this again. Mm-hmm. I just did, and so yeah, that that audiobook helped me big time. And um, I didn't finish it at all, though. That was the thing. Like, I only watched. I think I read the sections I had to be on for that because we did eight episodes or six episodes for it. It's like ridiculous how many episodes we've done for. It. But yeah, the Stephen Weber is great on that, and uh, mm-hmm. it was uh, it was interesting. I, I, it's interesting to see like the voices that they get for these audiobooks that mm-hmm. just happen to be either actors sometimes that have been in those movies. It's like I don't know. It's I kind of. I think it's cool how they do that. Like, if, I'm pretty sure Will Wheaton mm-hmm. has done one recently, you know, too. Mm-hmm. But, I think he does um, the yeah. Hodges trilogy. No, not Will Wheaton. That's Will Patton. That's the Hodges books. I oh, think. oh, uh, Halloween Kills. I, I really want, like, I keep saying, like, Tom Hanks should do Green Mile and, you know, Morgan Freeman should do Shawshank and um, oh, yeah. what's the actor's name from the body? Um, oh, for, uh, for, for Richard Dreyfus to do the narration for oh, that one yeah. also? Or, oh, yeah. Yeah. Has anyone, cool. I'm, a, I'm kind of sidebarring, not really. Uh, has anyone listened to App Pupil? Mm-mm. Yes. I can't remember who oh. reads it, though. So, no, I, I haven't. While we're talking about audio, audio, you you could read a book um, and then get a whole new experience with the audio. Like, I read different seasons, and I remember reading App Pupil, and I was like, okay, that's a you know a little messed up story, but whatever. And then I listened to App Pupil probably like 10 years later. And like, it's a, it's still a, a really messed up story, but B, <laughs> it's like a whole, it's one of King's, honestly, I think it's one of his best, best pieces he's ever written be, mm-hmm. and scariest and most disturbing. And mm-hmm. it, it, it was a hundred percent the, the, the uh, narrator and the performance they gave where I was like, it, it showed me a whole new level of that, that story where it's probably my favorite in that collection. And that mm-hmm. says a lot considering what's in that collection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, they lucked out, I guess, if they didn't get any talent from that movie. Um, in the sense, <laughs> in the sense of like, you know, Brian Singer reading, uh, you know, at yeah. people, I'm sure that wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't have aged well, uh, particularly. But look, uh, yeah, look, this isn't a losers club episode if we don't have some off the uh, the you know off the cuff remarks <laughs> there. So it, it, it wouldn't be Thanksgiving if we didn't have that. So let's talk Thanksgiving because we've got a lot of stories to carve, and uh, I'm going to keep using the carve thing. I apologize; it's a great pun. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, I use slice and dice all the time on Halloweenies. I got to use carve here. Yeah, it's horror-themed also, you know? It does. It works, mm-hmm. you know? And, and and honestly, carving a turkey is not easy. I, I, I tried, no. like, a few years ago, and I, I fucked up big time, so... <laughs> you still have all your fingers left? <laughs> well, I, I, well th- it was funny. So that year, I... Um, Oh God, this is a real quick tangent. But <laughs> that year I had ju- like a week beforehand to get into the spirit of the holiday. My girlfriend's like, oh, well, let's watch Harry Potter. And we had just bought these uh, cinnamon rolls or pumpkin cinnamon rolls at Target that day. 
I don't know why this story was really important for this story, but anyway, <laughs> I we get it, and I was like, oh, let's we'll make rolls. It'll be great, you know. And like Hagrid's <laughs> coming over and getting Harry, and Aww. and it's like all seasonal outside. It's snow. It's wonderful. It's a week before Thanksgiving, and. These cans to open these things, the dough, are the easiest things to open in the world. Like a, a five-year-old could open these cans. Not me, of course. I had to figure <laughs> out some stupid way to manage to slice it. And I literally like, like I sliced it open with the, with like the, the metal part with like a, a sharp knife. And then I tried to peel it off. And as I'm peeling it off, I'm like, oh, it's hurting because I've now sliced all three of my fingers and now I have to go get stitches. And so oh like, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be stitch, stitches worthy thing. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, oh, well, I'll just put a bandaid on it. Of course, we didn't have a bandaid. So I had to die hard it. And I got like paper towels <laughs> and I had electrical <laughs> tape and I just had a glove, a glove of paper towel and electrical tape while we're watching Harry Potter. I was like, oh, the blood will stop. It's just a, you know, I just watched Monty Python the other day. So it's just a flesh wound. Not so. <laughs> oh Harry, Harry Potter saved the day you know everyone's happy we're eating our mm. i burnt the cinnamon rolls go figure oh. and then i i go let, let, let's just check and see how the wound looks and it was just like oh, blood God. everywhere and i was like all right oh. well i guess i guess we're going to the hospital tonight oh boy oh, so yeah right, so i'm going down the yeah. wormhole here for a second yeah. because you, you talked about carving turkey so here's a question maybe we can save it for later if you cook a turkey you carve a turkey but then you bring it to the pet cemetery and bury it What's going to happen? Ooh, that's a good point. Mm. That is a good point. I I don't think it will. Stitches. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you probably shouldn't eat it, I would say. No, no, definitely not. I mean, it'd be dirty, but also probably give you food poisoning, I think. For sure. I'm picturing like a little turkey waddling back and forth. (laughs) He's got his little uh, white (laughs) glove things on. Yeah, yeah. The you little know, the dazzle me- things. The mechanics of the Micmac burial ground are are, are still very, um, it, it, very airy and and, and not yeah. defined. Like, like nebulous, I think, you know. Yeah, I think on a recent episode I said like, why don't they just bury Christine in the <laughs> McBerry the Micmac burial? Maybe that's the origin story yeah. for Christine or whatever. You know anyway. what it would look like? It would be Monica on the episode where she puts the turkey on her head. Oh, yeah. she <laughs> Really pop in my head, uh, just like with a big knife. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've actually, you know, it's funny. That's, that's the one Friends mm-hmm. episode I have seen. Huh. Oh yeah, hmm. yeah. They I have mean, great Thanksgiving a- episodes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. What was the the other? Oh, the Slapsgiving. I think it was for How I Met Your Mother. I think it was another mm. one. Anyway, we got. An, those are all specific <laughs> Thanksgiving episodes. Oh my gosh. Those, it's a great seg. Great seg. Those those are all those are all. Oh, you have the the Funko, right? I forgot. Oh you have like, I forgot. Jason, oh Jason has God. every Funko Pop that's out there. Well, um, I see that. I love everyone, but okay, let's go. I'm sorry. You have so many, but look, those the Friends episode that's specific to Thanksgiving. These ten mm-hmm. these ten stories aren't specific to Thanksgiving. We're getting a little creative here. We're going to talk about why we think they are for this holiday. So just you know. Don't go off on us. Don't be like, well, this isn't Thanksgiving. Of course not. We, as I said before, King hasn't written one. So we just think mm-hmm. these 10 stories are right for this holiday. And we're going to explain why. And we're going to start number 10, Lucky Quarter. Jen, Yay. you had this at three on your list. So I'm just going to toast this number to you and, and you can take it away. Yay, 
Okay. And I know we haven't covered this on the pod yet, so I'm going to be careful yeah. about, yeah. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not, I'm just going to talk vaguely about it. But Lucky Quarter is about a hotel cleaning person who finds a Lucky Quarter or she's gifted a Lucky Quarter as a tip. And it turns out to be very lucky. And it's a story that I kept, it, it's just very positive. Has anybody else read it? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You yeah, have read it, so you, yeah. It's it's really good. It's really. I think it's at the end of um. Just everything's after eventual, sunset. right? Is it in everything's eventual? Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. Oh, that's right. It's like the last story, I think. But it's just really like uplifting. It's about like being happy for what you have, but still seeking more. And I kept expecting it to turn like take a really devastating turn. And without spoiling, it never quite goes as dark as I think it's going to be. And it's just it's just a really kind of uplifting, grateful story. So yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed I, it. I feel like we'll get there. It's a two thousand two, so. Mm-hmm. Probably sometime next year, actually, I feel. Oh, yeah, I like that know? collection a lot. That's good. Yeah. I, I remember when I finished Night Shift, uh, or no, 112263, uh, my godmother gave me that one. It was right after 112263, and I like started up, and I was like, nah, I can't do this. This is just, <laughs> I'm on a high right now. I'm on a high. All right, well, hey, that's number 10, Lucky Quarter. I think it's it's uh, Lucky with an E, right? Uh, so. Yeah, I kind of wonder if it can go dark. <laughs> I don't know why. I think my brain wants it to, so I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe. Well, I mean, <laughs> I without I spoiling, spoil it, yeah, like eight it, pages. it is. Uh, <laughs> it's like maybe unresolved. So I guess it. Yeah, it, you know, the it's way ambiguous. you interpret it, I think, kind of goes along with the mood you're in when you read it. You know, I liked your interpretation, though. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely better than mine. <laughs> Do all of his collections end on a high note? Because Skeleton Crew did too. What's the last story in Skeleton Crew? Uh, the the woman, the, the old woman who dies. Oh, the woman in the room. No, uh, that's, no, that's, that's uh, night shift. That's night shift. Yeah. So, hmm. oh, trying, looking right now. Oh, it's the Reach. Yeah, the Reach. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that is a nice one. I believe um, the newest one, Bizarre Bad Dreams, does not end on the happiest of notes, but it's not devastating. I think if I'm yeah. remembering correctly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Night Shift does end with One for the Road, but that is a fucking killer short story. Yeah, so. no, it's yeah. not the last one. Yeah, that's There's the, one that's after it. No, for, for, uh, for Night Shift? I think so. I'm pretty sure he's bookended with, like, because it starts off with Jerusalem's Lot, and I think it ends with... Yeah. Night Shift ends with The Woman in the Room. Oh, does it really? Yeah, wow. that's my favorite collection. Oh, nice, nice, that's nice. Great. Okay, well then, hey, look, there you go. Are we saying The Woman in the Room is an uplifting... <laughs> High note. No, no, no. <laughs> you should have anticipated me and then put the last rung on the ladder. Mm. Last. Well, it's more moving. It's not really uplifting. Yeah. No, yeah, that is a moving, uh, depressing, depressing. Yeah. But uh, it's a great story. Great story. Well, here's another great story. Number nine, Dolores Claiborne. Uh, Janelle, you had this at three on your list. Uh, why would you go to Little Tall Island for Thanksgiving? Uh, it's just a very dysfunctional family. <laughs> I guess it reminds me of the holidays. <laughs> Would you I was wondering how that got on that. <laughs> I don't know. And also, it's just got this very dark, ominous vibe, which always reminds me of, like, winter and, like, this time of year. I don't know. But I, mm-hmm. I am in California, which makes no sense because it's bright and shiny and sunny air, but whatever. I like the vibe of it. It's dark. It also involves a rolling pin, which is makes mm. pies. It does. You know? so, yeah. yeah. That is true. Yeah. And there's a 
party, like a gathering yeah. of some sort. <laughs> yeah. It has like yeah. a really kind of fall atmospheric vibe to it, I feel like, you know. And maybe it's because I'm yeah. picturing the movie, but yeah. I can see it. Well, it's hard not to. Like, Kathy Bates is amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, and so much of it is about returning home, too, especially mm-hmm. the film version and kind of things being different and not necessarily wanting to be there, but being there because of your parents and, you know. Yeah. I feel like it's, well, it was released. It's weird because it, so it was released in March. I always thought, I always, I always associate this with actually November, too, because I feel like it's always on, like, maybe not TNT, but like, maybe, like, you know, the it does the rounds on cable, I feel like, around this time of the year. Yeah, you know, so that makes that makes sense. I like that. Any other thoughts on Dolores Claiborne? There are some family members I'd like to fall down a well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is right. true. Yep. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm sure somebody out there is like, I like my family, but I'm sure somebody wants some family members to fall down a well. Yeah. <laughs> right. so, yeah. Uh, but then maybe like if you they fall out on the well, it's it doesn't end like that, but it ends like another family where they have that involves a well, uh, the ring, you know, that didn't mm. work out too didn't work out too well, you know, yeah, um, yeah. you know, uh, so that's actually kind of a scary movie. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I feel like what, what has there ever been like a good story with a well? Like most of the wells are like mm. you know, it's, I guess the wishing well. I mean, there's that, but yeah. I feel like the well is kind of a it's like a nefarious well, it's like sort bottomless. of bottomless, yeah. yeah. Nothing good comes out of wells. I feel like Bridge uh, to Terabithia. Is there a well there, or is it a spring? It's been too long. I, I, I think it's. I, I mean, the last time I read that, like Kindergarten Cop was in theaters. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so what? Kindergarten um, Cop, great movie. Notably, does not have a well, so you know it doesn't. No, just, I actually has, do like that movie. I love that I love movie. It. What about so Behind good. Her Eyes? Has a well. Behind I haven't seen her, that. Ooh, is that a, is um, it a good well though? Or? Okay. If there's a well, but I don't want to give it away. Yeah, it's it's kind of minor towards the end, I guess. But it involves a well. I think I was working on a, a story, one of my first stories I ever started writing. And I think that, yeah, there's a dream sequence, a nightmare sequence, where the, the main character is is falling and falling and falling down a well. Mm-hmm. And it's actually uh, uh, stems back to his childhood where his like little brother accidentally fell down a well. So wells, I don't think, associate well with... Uh, no, not a good association. Yeah, yeah. Wow. even though they they bring life because it's water in there, so it's like it's this weird sort of juxtaposition. They're anyway. arbiters of death. I yeah, know. yeah. I I think it's because you can't see the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's just yeah. dark, closer to hell. Yeah, nineteen twenty-two. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, King has a terrifying like fear of wells. I feel because it's like also mm-hmm. in the coda in the the new Stand series as well. Yeah, and then uh, no pun game. intended. Yeah. Or Gerald's game. Yeah, wells yeah. and wells and rats, and they're both in nineteen twenty-two. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. He must have really channeled something for that one. It's like he yeah. must have had a really scarring memory of like wells, rats, like fifty style greaser bullies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like in every one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, the reason rats freak me out. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. but the, then there's that humorous rat, that, and if it bleeds, the, the rat's pretty cool in that one, right? He's kind oh, of funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Ratatouille. That's right. <laughs> he's like That's a right. he's like a sassy rat, right? Yeah, he is like Ratatouille in that. You know. Yeah, the rats of Nim are pretty cool, you know. Yeah, yeah, I love the rats. Uh, Finally, re- redemption for all the rats. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, the bad, the bad uh, mojo king put around rats. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of bad mojo, we just talked about Kathy Bates, and you know, 
she's on the light side, I would say, in Dolores Claiborne. Say she's not in the light side when it comes to our eighth collection, which is Misery. <laughs> you know, both J- Jason and Janelle, you had this on your list. Jason, I take it like Annie, you're a leg man when it comes to carving <laughs> <laughs> the turkey. Sorry, I just had to, I, I figured that it had to be some connection there. Uh, wh- why did you pick Misery for, for this list? Oh, man. I mean, now I don't remember. <laughs> no, I mean, Annie, Annie Wilkes has to be like the worst hostess ever. And, you know, <laughs> all, we, we've all had, I don't know if that's the reason I wrote in the email, but that's definitely, she's definitely not a good hostess. We've all been to that you know, terrible Thanksgiving dinner where everything's going wrong. I, I would say, you know, Thanksgiving with Annie Wilkes is, is bound to go wrong in one, one, sh- one way or another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the worst. And when she offers you yeah. the leg, don't take it. Don't take yeah. it. <laughs> she also probably wouldn't let you leave, you know? Mm-mm. Like the creator is awesome. Janelle, you had this on your list. Why, why, why would you pick uh, Misery for Thanksgiving? Well, again, it's like the, the snow outside. And the, I know it's like, I guess you associate it with Christmas. But I associate everything with fall. I don't know why. <laughs> It's just the best season. So, I, don't know. You know. I just, I, I think of dark things around this time of year, and she's, I think, one of the biggest villains out there. Mm-hmm. She's just like, she's like, acts sweet and then goes nuts. And she just, I don't know, she has this facade of being like really like complimentary, but yet she's so, like literally evil. <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. one of the worst yeah, things is that, what's that thing she uses to like hurt him, like with the, on his, like with his feet, which use, I forget what it is. In the book, like it's an something. axe. And yeah. In the, the movie, it's like a sledgehammer, I think. God, I need to reread that. Called hobbling. It's a, a block, and uh, a, she hits the, hits his ankle with the sledgehammer, and it bends against the block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. But she does use an electric carving knife to cut his thumb off, too. She so does. That's, that's Thanksgiving y, <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I also like the whole like in the book. I like how it's a book within a book. That's one of my favorite things, and mm-hmm. I it's comforting. And I guess I like comforting reads this time of year too. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I I, I do love the duplicitous nature of Annie Wilkes for Thanksgiving because you're right. Like, I feel like especially for me growing up, I I would go to Thanksgiving dinners reluctantly, just because you know obviously it's family. And everyone who has this like shitting and green a grin on their faces, but you know, like deep down inside, like there's so much animosity at, at at hand. And like it just takes, you know, one or two cocktails for someone to kind of like slip and just be like said one thing and then just everything falls apart. And they just say like the worst things ever. It's like this the dinner's ruined. It was like the dinner's over. You know, and then we're like leaving and stuff. And so I think Annie Wilkes is pretty good at that, right? She'd probably just mm-hmm. sit there smiling oh, until yeah. someone just said something mean about misery and she'd just be like, What? <laughs> like freak out. <laughs> You know, yeah. I poisoned the the turkey, so you're dead. <laughs> it seems like she would be very particular about the like the recipe you use, also, and like the serving dishes and wanting everything to look just right. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. doilies. Mm-hmm. Something goes wrong; those lumpy, those mashed potatoes get lumpy, or the turkey gets burnt. Mm-hmm. It's all downhill from there. Yeah, she's very yeah. easily triggered. Yeah, yes, you're done. <laughs> It's like that dinner with Paul, you know, when they're like having mm-hmm. a really nice time. I always feel bad about that, especially in the movie. I always feel kind of really bad. I'm like, oh, this mm-hmm. is kind of going nice. Like, you know, Paul, you're ruining it. 
even though you're even though you're <laughs> no. trying to escape. Come know? on, Paul. What are like, you doing? Even though you're being held against your will. Yeah, right? you know, it's like maybe give her this night. She, you know, this is a nice dinner. That was another amazing audio, by the way. I definitely, mm-hmm. if you have checked that one out, the woman who plays uh, she wasn't Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think that's the only thing I remember her from. Yeah, she, she's the teacher she, in season four. Yeah. She's in charge of the initiative until she gets, you know, skewered. Anyway. Oh, interesting. She, she, does, she, she does a very excellent Annie Wilkes. I mean, I loved Misery from the get-go, but that just, yeah, again, yeah. it's just, it just adds layers to it. Yeah, that's one of my top five yeah. favorites. Love. Well, you've you've done uh, you've done the Annie Wilkes cosplay for the, oh, the that's podcast right. multiple times. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, the, the best was for Stephen's birthday. Uh, Stephen, like I know him, fucking idiot, <laughs> oh, Mike. Like for Stephen King's, Steve. that, that was great though. Yeah, I, I, I still hope that I hope to God that he saw that, which would be hilarious. I know, I do kind of wish he did. Although I probably would like or <laughs> issue an order of protection against me if he did. Number one fan. Well, speaking of order pr- protection. <laughs> Oh, I got a quick sidebar. I'm sorry. Oh, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. George R.R. Martin did a sit down with Stephen King. I don't know where it was. It was during, I don't know what book he was promoting. But anyway, George R.R. Martin told the story. They were talking about like crazy people, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're, they're adoring fans. Um, and George R.R. Martin's like, you know, the weirdest thing I got from a fan was they left a box at my, my house, no address. And I open it, nothing in it, but a copy of Misery. Ooh, that's ominous. That's that is weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, I feel like uh huh. Somebody needs to be. I feel like I feel like George R. R. Martin needs an Annie Wilkes though now. Uh huh. You know, to kind of to kind of, to kind of finish his books. You know, I'm sure HBO would have loved to have sent yeah. one over. You know, maybe if we'd had one George. before, like seasons, the last two seasons. You know, that might have helped out things. I think HBO probably was just like, you know, it might even market us better if we could mm. finish this fucking book. Like, you know, George, maybe, maybe like not go to the con in, in New Jersey next weekend. It's been 10 years. It's, Damn it's, it. It's been, it's ridiculous. I, I gotta say, like, it just makes you appreciate Stephen King who's popping out like fucking books twice a year. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know how uh, he does it. I don't know either. It's, it's, it's one wild. of the things he said, oh, Martin asked him, like, how do you write books so fast? He's <laughs> like, I sit down to do it. I, I just sits down and does it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah, Martin's gonna anyway. But you can't always do that. Yeah. We'll save that for the Martin podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have enough people on the podcast to probably go deep in it. Like Fleer, who's on the show, one of our co-hosts. He he knows everything to Game of Thrones, and uh, I just, I know he's still waiting for the book. So. <laughs> You know, it'll, maybe it'll come out there eventually. Maybe you know, maybe like the Kennedy assassination, we'll finally get some answers. You know, <laughs> nice. which is a great seg for lucky number seven, eleven twenty two sixty three. One of my favorite books. It just celebrated its tenth anniversary this year, which makes me feel that much older on a day to day mm-hmm. basis now. Thank you very much, <laughs> Time. <laughs> Thanks for that. But speaking of time, the the date certainly lines up because it, look. November. Janelle, you placed it at number two, so take it away. What, what is your reason here? Oh, I forgot what order I did. Well, I was just mainly because it was like in November because yeah. <laughs> of the date and mm. because I love the book. And I also like the adaptation, too. I just think it's really good and people don't talk about it enough. I feel like I know it's really popular, but a lot of people don't, don't talk about it enough because it's not horror, I guess. The book or the adaptation? The book. 
Yeah. And the adaptation. Well, at least not in my circle. I don't hear about it a lot. In fact, yeah. a lot of us, a lot of people that I'm in like a read along with to reread all this stuff, never read it before. It's so, wild. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm the opposite. I mean, I mean, not people talking only about 112263, but really? it definitely gets it definitely gets a lot of, a lot of praise. I, I know. Uh, oh yeah, Rothman, you're a, a big fan. Huge fan of it. Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. It, I, I love this story. I think it's I actually do think it's really perfect for November just because so much of the book revolves around community and mm-hmm. it also revolves around just like meetups. And, you know, obviously there's some really devastating dinners and meetups in that book. But it's sad. It's really mm-hmm. sad. But like the idea I think one of the things I, I, I feel every year in each passing year of Thanksgiving as I get older is just it's almost like the rings on a tree where i'm just like wow like this this many has gone by and like ulti- you know ultimately on a long enough timeline at a, at a thanksgiving dinner everyone's going to start talking about the past and they're going to start talking about how much time has gone by and you know how much time do we have left and you know how we should hang out more together and i feel like that sense of time and how much you have to appreciate the times you have together is like literally the basis and found the thematic foundation of eleven twenty two sixty three. Mm-hmm. Without spoiling anything of that story, but it certainly sent me into an existential crisis or anything. But like, it definitely made me realize. Just like, I don't know. I, just, I think about it all the time, and it, mm-hmm. and for that very reason, of just like you know, there's that line in the office that Andy says, and most people always say, it, is that you know, I wish that when I was in the good times, people would someone would have told yeah, you, so I appreciate it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that book really stresses that where it's like, you don't realize how good things are until it's gone. And that, I think that's ultimately a Thanksgiving theme in itself is like, you, we should be thankful for what we have. We should be thankful for the goodness in the, that we have in our own lives. So yeah, I think this is a great entry. That for is this. so true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I constantly have to tell myself to, to, I don't know, like when I was in my twenties, I could have been so much happier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now in hindsight, I'm like, I had it pretty easy, you know? Yeah. I guess. So it's just like, now you're just, I don't know, thinking back and wishing you would have appreciated it. A lot of 112263 to me is about like finding your chosen family as opposed to mm-hmm. like your actual family. And when I think of like my family causes me so much stress around the holidays that like, I have just been thinking a lot about that. And that I think is the warmth, like in Jody, the time he spends there is my favorite section of that book. And I think it's just because he's found his family, he's found the place where he belongs. And that doesn't necessarily have to be this awkward dinner that you have once a year. And then you do it a month later for Christmas. It can be the people that you choose to spend time with and, you know, finding the place you belong. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I noticed that as you get older in life and I'm sure we're all, that you realize you know for something that's infinite you don't have a lot of time yeah. of it so not that I, I i'm i'm saying oh man i missed my my uh my glory days in my my 20s but like you learn to appreciate mm-hmm. it more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so let that be a lesson <laughs> you know going into thanksgiving this year definitely keep that into mind here's another lesson though number six <laughs> Thinner. Oh. I, I, I want to say with this one, I think the lesson here is um, there, there are a multitude of them in, the, in, the, in this book, but uh, uh, one of them is um, 
uh, just, you know, maybe appreciate people in the world a little bit more because <laughs> you never know who's going to yeah. come and bite you in the ass, uh, you know, down the road. Um, it might be, you know, sure. uh, a band of gypsies. It might be, you know, uh, Janelli. Who knows? I think that, the, you know, the appreciation for people is a big part of this one. But I think also just given the title and that food is just as much as a character is Janelli. I think this mm-hmm. book really makes sense. Jen, you had this as your second pick. Yeah. Do you serve your family big curse pies every year? I do, oh, okay. yeah, every year. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the pie connection was, I think, what made me really think about it. Um, but we're actually covering this on psychoanalysis for body dysmorphia. And so this is a time when I know that is an issue for a lot of people because so many of our gatherings are based around food. And I think I haven't read Thinner in a while, but the, it's just like this anxiety of feeling uncomfortable in your skin, which is something that happens to me a lot of times around this because it's like you can't escape the food. It's always there. And I just have this like compulsive need to eat it all, especially when it's delicious pie um, that may or may not be cursed. So yeah. You know. Yeah, there, there's, there's. I'll eat anything in front of me that I <laughs> yeah, like. Me too. Until I die, mm-hmm. <laughs> like pizza or. I hope nobody anything. curses cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're all screwed. Yeah, I'd be. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of what would ruin me. Like, I guess like Thai food. Like, if if someone just kept like you know, because that's like if if I had if every if someone said like guess what every order you get now is going to be cursed I'd be like fuck. Like, what am I going to do? I need my pad CU. I need my, you know, I need my crispy pad Thai. Yeah. Why else do we have this on here? I feel like it's, it's, I feel like the family dynamic in this story, I mean, it's Bachman, so it's very pulpy and very mean mm-hmm. <laughs> spirited. Mm-hmm. But like we've, been, like, like we've been saying though, I mean, like family can tend to be that way, right? You know, like we can have our, we harbor mm-hmm. our own sort of demons. We are or our own towards our animosity, our venom, our vitriol. And I feel like sometimes, you know, without implicating ourselves, you know, maybe we kind of wish we had a pie that we could give to some of our, you know, nastier family members, <laughs> right? I, I, is that too much of a stretch? Yeah. No. No, my family makes me worry all the time and they're intense and just kind of like keep me on edge. So mm-hmm. I totally get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Without spoiling the rest of the list, my upbeat entries are past okay so, the rest of mine are the stressful ones because <laughs> yeah, this time of year stresses me out a lot so I, I, oh, so too. you're saying that we've we've gone through the white meat and now we're going into the the, the, the dark meat that like everyone's kind of like leaves on the plate and, like <laughs> i don't really i don't uh-huh. really want that it's like real close to the bone yeah. you gotta like really get it's your got, hands like, the tendrils either. and stuff it looks like something that would be like in an alien movie oh. jace jace any <laughs> thoughts on uh, on thinner never read thinner no oh my god no I don't. Uh, he's so. Uh, something about the Bachman books. I don't know. I'm just like I know I'm, I have to read them. Or I don't have to read them, but I plan on reading them. Mm-hmm. But my Bachman experiences haven't been the greatest. So I'm skimming the bookshelf. I'm just like, well, you know, maybe I'll read a cell. <laughs> Wait, have you have you read Long Walk? I have read the Long Walk. Okay, I was gonna say that's that's the that's exception. That's the best one. That's usually yeah. the exception of the rule. That's the best one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Rage piqued my interest because of the whole pulling, but that was a dud. Yeah, no good. Yeah, Regulators it's, is pretty good. I mean, I, I read yeah. Desperation, but I haven't read the Regulators yet. It's not as good as they're Desperation, I would say. Yeah, but yeah, they're like sister or brother or whatever you want to call it. They're yeah. they're they're <laughs> they match. They're into, mm. Yeah, they do a match. Literally. They're I think, twinners. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Janelle, you had, it seems like you had some thoughts on, on uh, Bachman. Oh, I was just going to say, the last time I read Thinner was right before I saw the movie in the drive-in. Oh, that wow. came out. 
<laughs> so now I'm kind of mixing up the book and the movie a lot, but mm-hmm. I just remember them both being pretty dark, but also, like you said, pulpy. Like, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a fun story, but also it's very kind of disturbing. It's very mm-hmm. disturbing. Yeah, the, especially <laughs> when you get into like what actually happens to the other folks that are involved mm-hmm, in the, mm-hmm. the whole crime. Like, especially the lizard stuff is really disturbing. Um, mm-hmm. Which the acne? Yeah, it, it's oh. and the fact that he turns into a literal lizard is kind of weird. Also, like it's the movie kind of just hints at it more with just being like a skin thing, but the book actually gets really explicit about it and like, oh, he had silvery eyes and he had a tongue and it's just like, fuck, that's so messed up. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. that one haunts me. Yeah. The movie does a really good job. I think the adaptation, Tom Holland, I feel like did a really good job with that and I feel like that's another good one to watch around Thanksgiving time. Um, you mm-hmm. know, it's, uh, it's, it's a good one. Wait, you saw the, the drive-in when it first came yeah, out? Yeah. Um, it was a double feature with Volcano, which is all, <laughs> which is not. Oh good, my God. But, but yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. The oh my but god! Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. That's a good movie. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was like the last time I went to the drive-in. I think it's been so long. Uh, yeah. That's what's interesting too. Because we did a the twenty. It's been twenty five years now, and they Michael Jackson's Ghost premiered. I guess or was tied with Thinner in some cuts, and I didn't. I didn't realize that. It didn't happen on my screen because I, def- I saw it in theaters, I feel like, or maybe I saw it in VHS. I can't remember now. Everything's a blur. But, <laughs> God, that's a perfect driving movie. I really I need to tell the music box up here to put that on there. That's a good one. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you go to the driving, you're driving, you're traveling, mm-hmm. you're, going, you're going from point A to point B, <laughs> which leads us to our next entry here. Number five, The Jaunt. <laughs> This one's a little left field, I feel, but I, I, it makes sense. And Jason, I, this was your number one pick, and I think you had a really good take. Go, you know, go for it. I don't think I actually ranked everything when I sent you, but I mean, it was this was the first one that popped in my head after you explained what we were doing. Um, I mean, we do a lot of traveling for Thanksgiving, and you know, jaunting would seems like a a very convenient way of doing so, as long as you. Uh, Make sure to breathe, breathe the gas and not hold your breath. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some some of our aunts, uncles and grandparents, uh, you know, probably seem like maybe they didn't, you know, breathe the gas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're just kind of sitting there Very like. Uh, their hair's white now. <laughs> would you, if it was, a, all right, so that's a question I want to throw to the, 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 you know, the table here. If the jaunt did exist right now, like, would you do it? Oh man, um, I wouldn't be the first one to do it. No, not the, the first. But if it was like a thing that was in practice, like you know, would you take the risk? Sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, they, yeah, they say it's you know the whole thing they say in the the story is that it's safe. Just don't, take, you know take yeah. the gas. Make sure you take the gas. Yeah. yeah. I feel like <laughs> it's like a plane though. Like there are statistics that say that like planes are really safe, but like if you're the worst that could happen on a plane is it could explode or crash and then you would die. But the worst that could happen on the jaunt is that you would be trapped forever in a liminal space of who knows what and never emerge. So, you know, Oof. I don't know. It does seem like a little bit of a bigger risk. So maybe I don't it know is. if I would or not. 
I would just follow the directions really well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, make sure I'm asleep. Is that that a better alternative, the eternity, than, you know, seeing some of our family members? (laughs) That is true. Yeah. It has been forever. Grandpa's drunk and racist again. (laughs) I know, right? I, in terms of like, speaking of side stories on that, like that one with like the, was it the wife, the ex-wife that he just kind of throws in there and she just yeah. continues to keep bouncing around. Like, Oh my God, that's so terrifying. Mm-hmm. That is terrifying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know why I think this, I'm realizing as we talked about this, that I have never once traveled anywhere for Thanksgiving because all of my family lives in the town that I've lived in my whole life. So I think that's probably why this didn't pop into my head, but yeah, I think. You know, yeah, I, I was actually wondering why it got picked, but now that makes total sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the same. I don't travel either. It yeah, would be so convenient if we had it. I mean, I I'm in Chicago. All my family is down in South Florida, and I used to during college. You know, when I was up here in grad school. I would go home for Thanksgiving and it was a nightmare. It was just always a nightmare. Like the mm-hmm. airports is just filled with just like it's not even just that it's like cramped and filled, but it's filled with people that don't normally travel. And that's always mm-hmm. even worse because it's just like, no one knows the customary things. No one knows like the little, especially now that like, you know, with TSA and everything, like no one knows the tricks of just like, all right, yeah, you can start working on it before you get to the actual bucket. Like, but everyone now, and you know, they don't travel. They're just kind of sitting there like, Oh, the, 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 this is what the bucket's for. Do I take out my, do, do I, what about my pen? They're asking like 30 questions. Mm-hmm. You're like, I gotta get to my flight. Right. Do like, I have to take off reminding me of George Clooney and up. Yeah. <laughs> Traveling on planes is the worst. I had to go to Florida um, last week. Both ways delayed. One, uh, the, the plane, they're like, oh, you can't go on this plane. There's something wrong with it. Let's haul you, cattle you guys over to the other side of the airport. <laughs> you, you have a two and a half hour. And then you're on the, you're on the plane, and unless you get like what business, you're, yeah. you're cramped like a freaking. Like, you, you triggered me now, so I know. Yeah, it's all, it I would sucks. join. I would well, join. Well, it just gets it gets progressively I worse now because it's like not only was the security crazy after nine eleven, but now we have to wear masks at, at, like everywhere, like you know, inside the things. Which look, I'm I'm pro mask. I get it, but. <laughs> eight hours in the mask or like 13 hours or sometimes if you're delayed, it's even longer. Like that's a lot of time in the mask. And it's mm-hmm. like, I did that recently uh, to Durango and I'm like literally rubbing my temples right now. Cause it like, it was so exhausting. It was like, Oh, connecting flight three hours where you get to hang out in the airport with a mask on. I was just like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, I just want to go home. Like, and I remember like when we got out of the airport, I just like took it off. I was like, <gasps> like, I felt like I was like in the, the, the woman in the, the end of the descent. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not one of those people who are like, I'm. I'm. I'm you know, I don't have to wear a mask. I'm an American or whatever. But yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm yeah. vaccinated. Damn I know I that was my thing. It's like, like, why do we keep fucking this up? I don't uh, like people. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> uh, well, oh, I feel you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I think we all agree that we would. You, we would take the jaunt. Um, let's see if we all agree on whether or not we would, you know, bury our dead relatives in the, on the, in the Micmac burial ground. Cause that's number four pet cemetery. This was my number one. And I was actually surprised no one else had picked this on their list because, and I, I mean, listeners of the Halloween's podcast are going to get deja vu because I literally just said all this stuff in this week's episode of this, the, this week's Thanksgiving episode for, for that podcast. But I think the, the film and its relation to this holiday are largely indebted to the book I mean, I, I first read Pet Cemetery in November when I was a kid. I revisited the, the, the novel a second time over the holiday, I think about 10 years ago. 
our book episode was in February, so I didn't get a chance to revisit around November. But I, I don't know. I feel like it, it just is always a line for me. And I think it also is just because, you know, family is the centerpiece of this book. It's also the centerpiece of the movie. You know, it's, it's a big part of it. Um, the novel's kind of chock full of portraits that, you know, fall portraits in Maine that he talks about. Um, it even takes place on Thanksgiving. If you want to talk about an actual Thanksgiving story in King's mm-hmm. Dominion, it is a Thanksgiving story. I mean, literally the, the, the whole chain of events start Thanksgiving weekend because that's when, you know, good old churchy, you know, spoiler alert, by the mm-hmm. way, if you're listening to the Losers Club podcast and this deep into it and you haven't read <laughs> Pet Cemetery, you, you, you're doing it wrong. Sorry. Hi. <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, but, the, you know, Lewis's first trip to the Micmac Burial Ground is over Thanksgiving weekend. You know, so I, I like I said a week ago, like and I say all the time on here, I just think you're on brand literally and, and thematically when you're reading Pet Cemetery for, for Thanksgiving. I think it's a good one to have. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Is, is anyone out here disagree? Do they, th- they think, no, it's too nasty. I don't want to see Pascal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. I, oh, well, I've got a crush on Pascal. So you do have a crush on Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> love to see him. Um, yeah, I think it's a great one. It's so atmospheric, which like really fits the fall leaves. It doesn't necessarily feel like Thanksgiving to me, but it does feel like November and autumn. So I think you're right there. You know, And there is like that stretch where the family just goes through the seasons. And I know that is really well done in the movie, but also in the book. I just read, I started reading it again and again, got to the point of the kite and had to stop. And, but the, that beginning section is just so lovely of like this family experience really these seasons. It's really nice. And then it all comes crashing down. <laughs> King's really good at that. Like everything's all like hunky dory until everything absolutely fucking goes wrong. Yep. Until it's <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. But well, no, until you get I, that one line, that's like, X, Y, and Z wouldn't be seen again, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Pet Cemetery didn't, I would have never like thought of that, mainly because I was trying to think of like the most ridiculous things ever. But <laughs> I appreciate um, that though. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. When you're approaching me about this, you're like, just get crazy, man. I'm like, yeah. all right. <laughs> but no, what, what, you're, what you're saying makes a lot of sense because it is, you know, a book about family. And obviously, yeah, like I said, to me, if I think Pet Cemetery, I definitely think the fall and the autumn, mm-hmm. maybe not Thanksgiving. Um, but I think I think all of like I associate everything we came with fall. Yeah. Because it's the mm-hmm. new it's the New England thing. Like I'm reading Desperation and I'm probably like, oh, it's fall. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. they're in like <laughs> the, the desert, desert town. The desert. Yeah. But no, uh, yeah, there's the fall aspect. And you know, as we said earlier, you know, you can bring your turkeys back to life. It's true. <laughs> That's right. That is true. So, I- it's the well, ultimate Thanksgiving book then. It's my favorite book ever. And mm. I own it in like different languages. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, wow. So much. I think I was trying not to pick it because I usually pick it for everything. Like mm. anytime, ask me, anytime anyone asks me a question, it's my answer, my go-to that and it. So, yeah, um, I just saw a, I uh, you, ju- you just did a reel about it. Like, describe your favorite <laughs> book in three words. Oh, <laughs> wow. You saw that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. It's my favorite book. And it's, it's because it's so layered and because like when I read it the first time, it meant something totally different than when I reread it later. Mm-hmm. And I actually read it more than twice, which is the only book probably ever besides works and Craig. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is the same one for me. I, I've read this so many times and like that, that Janelle, it's the same thing with, in the terms of like, I felt almost like I, I 
I felt cheap like putting it on here too, in the sense that because I I always talk about it too. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's just a go to. It's just inescapable for me at this point. But mm-hmm. but it, that that speaks to the quality of the book. It's fucking great, you know. Yep. And the, the fact that he didn't almost publish it is is wild to me. Jason, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. Out. Oh no, no, I'm saying it's one of when I read books, it's very hard for me to like respond. Like I can get into a book, but like have like a visceral response. And that Pet Cemetery is probably three on my top ten, if I had to guess. Mainly because like that, it's one of the books that got me to like respond. Like where I, like I understand like why he had to put that away because I Pet Cemetery is like the only book where I've like, closed the book like thumb between the pages. I'm like I'm just gonna put this here for like a few minutes, and uh, I'm just gonna collect my thoughts. Yeah, so, Jamie Felix. <laughs> yeah, it gives you feels, and it, it's well. Again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna sugarcoat spoilers here. When he's digging up Gage. Like that, that's where I had to put the book down. Cause to me, where yeah. he's like describing the moss, yeah. like, this is, this is too disturbing. Like it's one of that. Mm-hmm. And the, the scene from sounds like where the two boys are in the woods. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a great and the, scene. And, and the degloving in Geraldine are Ooh. three Ooh. scenes that come to mind from Stephen King <laughs> yeah. where I'm like, all right, like I'm not feeling, I'm feeling uneasy, but yeah, pet cemetery. It's, it's, I gotta revisit it. Yeah, I gotta. Yeah, I'll listen to it. That's a great audiobook too, uh, Dexter. Dexter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Dexter. Isn't that Michael C. Hall? Uh huh. Oh my God. Yeah. Just like Deb, I need mm. to go. <laughs> <laughs> my dark go passenger. Back. Yeah. What happened to Deb? Oh. <laughs> Dexter, New Blood, by the way, sponsors this podcast on a yeah. main feed. So I, it, great show. I mean, the, or a great comeback. I, I would say it's. I th- I'm loving this comeback. Are you watching it, Janelle? Or oh the, yeah, it's um, so good. It is good. It's like. I don't know. I, th- I feel like he wanted to redeem himself after it ended a mm. little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that, that ending's tough. Rough. <laughs> it's yeah. it's rough. Yeah, I, I also love the environment in this one. Like it's like in all the mm-hmm. winter. It's so perfect for this season. Right? It's getting me so excited for winter for some reason. Even though I shouldn't be in Chicago, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. fucking miserable here for four months. But yeah, I'm I'm digging it. But let's let's head to the grocery store. Because we got some supplies to to, to, to get uh, with our third choice, the mist. Jason and I had this one on our list, but I just talked everyone's heads off. So, Jason, go for it. Explain what was your reasoning behind the mist here. Uh, it's a grocery store. No other reason than that. Like yeah. when, like the, it was the I thought of the jaunt because of travel, and then yeah. the mist. It was just funny. Maybe because I just I just read Skeleton Crew, but I mean I don't know. But like the, it was literally jaunt mist. And then, I mean, we'll get to it, but then The Shining was in there, too. I'm like, these yeah. are the three. Oh, these spoiler three. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. You kind of had to know at this point, but anyway, yeah. Out. You can beep it out. <laughs> oh, that's no problem. No problem. We love spoilers here. Yeah, the grocery store is a big as- aspect of it because I there's always that moment at Thanksgiving where I realize about 20 minutes before everyone's supposed to come over or we're supposed to have dinner that I'm like, fuck, I didn't get this. And I have mm-hmm. to go to the grocery store really fast. And it always takes much longer than it is. And even in the days leading up to it, it's just like, it's weird. It's like, it, it, I, it, it, it's almost like there's this, um, last year when COVID was hit, you know, was hitting across the country and everyone was hitting the, the grocery store. It was almost like this weird sort of pseudo seasonal feeling to me where I felt like, 
oh, it's like everyone's getting groceries for Thanksgiving. But no, it's like, you know, more like Contagion, uh, the movie. <laughs> and everyone's just fucking taking supplies. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember ever having to like, you know, tussle around for fucking th- toilet paper on Thanksgiving. But it just, th- yeah, that th- the chaos of the, the, the grocery store almost seems like a, a charming quality now of Thanksgiving, even though it's irrit- it makes me irritable every time I go. Actually, really, I mean, I don't know about, about your experiences. Um, a few years ago, my my sister forgot like diapers for my nephew. Like dinner was like everything was perfect, but she's like, "Oh yeah, uh, Jason and and my dad go out and get the diapers." So we went there. It was pretty pretty dead. Mm. Yeah, but I don't know, like. The lead up, it's more of the lead up, I feel like. The lead up in the day where you're just like... Yes, yes. Because I, I, you know, I'll go there in the morning sometimes and it's just like, oh God, everyone's kind of still just getting their last minute shit. But yeah, I think there's also a quality to, I mean, just like Mrs. Carmody too and just like mm-hmm. the outspoken nature of her of just like, and especially like this the conviction of what she believes. Like, I mean, we all went through the Trump era here in this mm-hmm. country. Like uh, I, I fortunately didn't have to go through too many Thanksgivings with it, but there were a couple there I did in the four years where things got ugly and the people believe certain things. And it was like, Holy fuck, like get me home now. Mm-hmm. Like I need to go. And it's, you know, th- that inescapable nature of, you know, rock in a hard place sort of situation. I think the mist certainly encapsulates that. Absolutely. Yeah. When you were saying there's that moment 20 minutes before everybody gets here, when you realize you forgot something, I thought you were going to say that moment 20 minutes before when you were like, fuck, I don't want to go because that's what I have. You know, I'm like, I don't want to do this. But like you're you're trapped. And I just started watching Krampus last night, which I know is about Christmas, but it's just like this, especially if like you have relatives that come to stay, like you're just trapped with these people for this extended <laughs> yeah. amount of time, you know, I'm like, mm, like we're, we're like distantly related and we've got a couple of things in common, but like, this is an extended amount of time to spend. And it's just, it's just uncomfortable, you know, a lot. Well, a lot. I dread small talk. So yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Small thing. talk's the worst. Oh God. You think there's a giant Turkey in the mist? Maybe the, the one that rose from the pet cemetery. <laughs> yeah. Stumbled across the, uh, what was the, uh, the, the fucking science, the oh, the name Arrowhead? Of that organization. Yeah, the, the turkey rose from the, the cemetery and ended up at Arrowhead. They did stuff to it, and now it's a big, giant turkey that's hanging out in the mist. Could be, you know. Gobbling around. I mean, we don't ever like find you brought out, it all you know. back. Yeah, I'm really trying to tie these to things. I love it. I love it. Well, I, and, and it would make sense why the creatures would keep flocking to the grocery store, you know? It's like, hey, let me yeah. go back to my home. You know, that's it's all, all turkey knows. you. <laughs> did anyone else watch Contagion right after the pandemic started? I, I waited. I did. I, yeah, because I, I used to list it at, like, my top 10 scariest movies of all time, and people would be like, Contagion? What? And now, I you know, everyone, that was the big talk of the town last year. It was like, everyone was like, Wow, everyone's running this movie. It's it's like everyone thinks it's really scary. I'm like, yeah, no shit. This has been it's eerie. It's uh-huh. so eerie. Like, especially like when they start talking about like they use keywords and code words that like all the S, you know, the, that was all going down last year and stuff. You know, it, it was definitely. I think Sammy put it on in an afternoon. One of these, like like months later, and I just was like, I'm so glad I didn't watch that. When what did you watch? Did you watch it like immediately when it hit? Well, my my husband loves sci-fi and really wanted to watch it and i'm like whatever and i've seen it before but i didn't re- really remember much about it and then he put it on and i was watching i was like oh my god yeah. <laughs> like we're living this right now this is yeah, so weird. Like, 
like there's like keywords like social distancing they say multiple times mm-hmm. in there um oh, wow. and it was that was really just eerie to see and it was it was almost it was odd because it's like you'd watch movies that because like it took me a while to like start getting used to like the fact that like I'm watching movies with no masks on right like I was like well mm-hmm. oh, that that that's something interesting like I because now I'm so part of it that I'm like when we went to go watch new movies it was like oh why isn't no one wearing a mask and I'm like oh yeah well no shit it's like the, we we did this years and years beforehand so mm-hmm. uh, but to, then to see movies where people are doing it like especially to that reality or that level of reality. It hit, it hit home a lot. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We um, thought about covering it on psychoanalysis and doing like germophobia for a month. And we were all like, nope, nope, it's too yeah. real. We can't, yeah. we can't dive into this. So. <laughs> I, can, I, can only, I can only imagine the deep dive Laura would have gone on that one. Yeah. Oh, she was the <laughs> one too. who was like, this is going to be too much for me yeah. right now. Let's just, <laughs> let's just wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I've seen it like once or twice this year. I dropped something off at her house one time and it was, it was very similar to like, What's the movie with uh, where everyone's trying to keep keep away from each other or something like that? But it was just like I dropped something off and I was like, and then I like I, I texted her. I was like, <laughs> it's outside your house. Don't uh, worry, it's not contaminated. Yeah, she's very committed to to staying not sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of committed, <laughs> nice. our next character that's in this story and their next story is certainly committed to I don't know not starving. Sta- maybe? So not starving, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, staving yeah. off hunger. <laughs> Number two, you probably guessed we were going to get there, survivor type. Because <laughs> look, what is a king's list without a little gallows humor, right? right. So, Jen, <laughs> this is your number one, so go nuts. This was my number one, and I was kind of joking with you that we were the only two sickos that put it on our list. Yeah. It's so perfect. It's so perfect for Thanksgiving. It really but. is. It I is. mean, it's about eating, you know, and that's the connection for me. But, like, I don't know. Sometimes with the holidays, I and my I find that the, the stuff I put on these lists a lot of times has a darker edge to it because, like, I get so stressed around this holiday season, and I just kind of find myself getting more and more anxious. And this is the kind of story that I can really channel that into you know like Mm -hmm. I like a really dark story that's gonna kind of take my mind off of the stress of the holidays and this oh totally it's perfect for that you know yeah that it's I don't know it's I I think it it's also goes into the thing I was saying before it's like really makes you appreciate the things you have you know Mm -hmm. like in in that way like I I can't I can't think of ever ever a situation where I mean, we just read The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon so there's a lot of like the similar sort of survivalist mm-hmm. mentality. Fortunately, you know, Trisha doesn't eat herself, but <laughs> you know, spoiler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh you know, the I'm trying to think if I've ever been in a situation where I've just been that hungry enough where I'm like, all right, where am I going to, what desperate means I'm going to get to. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I could think of is like one time I was at a wedding and it was like a bunch of health nuts that, 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 you know, that were getting married and like they, they serve the worst meal, just the mm. worst meal. And like the thing that, that sucks about, you know, if you have bad meals at weddings is that, you know, they put you for two hours where you're just drinking and I, you know, I don't, I only drink, you know, Jameson on the rock. So like for me, it was like, I had maybe two Jamesons on the rocks. I'm like, all right, I got to eat something cause I'm getting sick. And I've, I'll never forget, like, one of the things they had was just, like, there's, like, this broccoli in, like, a weird panko crust thing with, like, water. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? And it was, like, we were, like, literally, like, looking on MapQuest, or MapQuest, on Google Maps, like, where's the lo- where's the closest McDonald's? Like, we have to, <laughs> someone has to escape and bring back McDonald's. I felt like we were, like, a salt and priest in 13s. Like, somebody could make a run for it and they could come uh-huh. back. I know it. But that was, like, the only time where I felt like I was, I was just so ang- hangry and so like I, I will eat anything right now 
Not enough, though. Fortunately, to eat my fingers, I didn't. I didn't eat my fingers. I thought you were going to say. Have I ever thought about when I was going to be so hungry that I thought about eating my arm? And when you no. brought up the wedding, I was like, "Well, eat them." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to serve uh, bad food? Well, guess what? You don't have an angle. You go to a wedding for good food, right? Yeah, exactly. I was now like, alcohol. "This is the trade-off. Right. Like, this is the trade-off, and you've absolutely screwed it up." Yeah. Um, you didn't hold up your end. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, what? What? what do you, anyone else have any thoughts on the survivor type? Also, sub question: Would you eat yourself or eat human flesh? I know that's a mm. big question. Well. This went to a dark place. It did go. <laughs> it the first dark... one. I like yeah. the fact that Stephen King thought of the story. That's the best part. And I can't believe mm-hmm. I didn't think of picking this one. But yeah, just the fact that he would like ask his neighbor, surgeon, doctor person, like how much you can eat of yourself, like until you die, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like did research yeah. on this. I just love that his mind works this way because I would have never thought of this. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. His, his mind works in some of the things it comes up with, I'm like, what? <laughs> right. What? How? So it's why? so fucking, it's yeah. so fucking morbid. A lot of the time it's why. <laughs> but people do overeat until they get ill. So I guess that's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Like on Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, I think if it came down to me dying or eating a part of my own body or someone else, I think I would do it, you know, because I don't want to die. And Possibly. I've been watching another show that is uh, sponsoring this pod is Yellow Jackets on Showtime, yes. which yep. is um, awesome. And I don't want to spoil it, but there is a it's it's got an alive twist to it. Ooh, uh, I love that movie. I do too. Yes, I just watched that recently. And that's another. It's Me like, what, what are you going to do? It's one of those situations yeah. where when you are actually there, it looks a lot different than when you're like reading it on your couch with your like bag of chips next to you. You know. <laughs> I would never eat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I would just think about how, like, you know, Brian Fuller shot a lot of the, sh- the you know, the, the meals in Hannibal. Mm-hmm. And just be like, well, th- that looked good. Oh, you yeah. know, maybe, maybe yeah. I can make it look good. It's meat, you know. You know? Well, there's raw too, you know. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen that for the first time. That was that was interesting. Oh God, yeah. That's a uh... sorry to take it there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got two things about Survivor Type. One. I don't know if it was just me, but reading it, I was like, I, I understand, you know, extension of belief, but I'm like, this is too perfect. Like, you're a surgeon who's stranded. Like, he, only he, like, he knew, like, exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. So to me, I, and also the other thing is, I'm driving home today, and for some reason, I'm thinking about doing the pod, so some survivor type popped in my head. I'm like, you think, like, remember those old Looney Tunes uh, cartoons where, like, Daffy Duck's hungry. He's looking at Bugs Bunny. He turns into that turkey. Uh-huh. Yeah. Look, looking down at his arm, like mm. <laughs> maybe that could do that. Yeah, you like know, that like, if you don't get enough Seinfeld. protein, you go insane, kind of. That's yeah. true. Like, his, what's the thing? It's like if you eat only rabbits, like you'll die because they don't have they don't have any nutrients beyond. It's like very. It's just like fatty meat or something like that. Somebody was mm. saying that like that was. I remember one one thing like one of the. I'm huge into survivalist horror, and I remember that was one of the things <laughs> they said. Like if if the only new, the thing that you sustenance you can get is are just rabbits, like you're gonna be screwed. Like oh. you can't you can't survive just on that, which is. Unfortunate, but also good for the rabbits because I like that's rabbits, true. so they're nice. Well, that's when know? they try, like when they try to eat the lobstrosities only, and they end up needing, like, you know, they're going to get scurvy and die. Oh, that is so gross. That stuff is so gross in that because it's like I just feel that 
sort of nutrient waste uh-huh. dump that they you have. Feel it's it like, like just yeah. gunking up your body, you know? Uh, just yeah. like, and I think they, they talk about like how like, isn't it like a breaking out or something like that? Like they're like the whole body is just like, cause that's what would happen. Like if you don't have the nutrients, like you're screwed. Like we have a lot to talk about tomorrow with the yeah. girl, <laughs> Gordon. Cause I, 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 there's a lot of that in there as well. Mm-hmm. Well, your ability to make decisions um, goes away when you don't get enough protein. So that's why people in cults are able to control you. Ooh, yeah. interesting. They starve you. That's give you true. like some rice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Lots of, lots of cults have a big comeback lately. You know, I feel like there've yeah. been a lot of documentaries about them. Mm-hmm. It's, gr- it's a great time for cults uh, yeah. in pop culture. <laughs> it really is. I feel like, you know. <laughs> well, let's get to our number one it's The Shining. It's it. It was always going to be The Shining. I mean, I don't know what it is. I, I, I've really been thinking about it. I was trying to like, what the fuck is it about this this story that I think about in November? I don't know. I'm I'm lost for words. We all. I mean, three out of four of us had it on our lists. Jen, you have You even had Doctor Sleep on yours. So all of us were yes. clearly thinking about the overlook. I love that. Why do you think that is? Like, Janelle, Janelle, why would you? Why did you pick The Shining for this? Because I pick The Shining for everything. Because. <laughs> of a pet cemetery situation yeah i don't know i just love i it was my first king book it's such a comfort read also just being trapped with your family in a hotel i mean i i'm not surprised about the ending <laughs> i'm not surprised yeah. about the things that happen <laughs> i mean have you seen that hotel i think i've driven by it the real one anyway but the, oh the stanley or yeah I, we, were, we were supposed to go there in september and then the two the two seventeen room was booked, and I was like, if I go there and I'm not in the two seventeen book, I'm going to be like no. sitting there like Larry David the entire time, being like, I should be in there, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just not going to have fun. <laughs> so we didn't do it. But is is it is it spooky in person? Or is um, it- I actually did not go inside, but it looks exactly like you would picture it from the movie. It looks like that from the outside because I was stuck in traffic going by it, so we were basically just sitting there and staring at it, and it was actually fun yeah. <laughs> just look at it awesome. but i want to go in there i have a friend who actually went there and stayed in the room and everything and i want to do that my sister lives in colorado so but, uh, you got to make it happen do you, b- do you believe in do you <laughs> yeah. believe in ghosts think they could yeah. possibly something happen there yeah it's sure i i do believe in ghosts i don't know in what capacity but i feel like you can't be certain they don't exist mm-hmm. yeah yeah the catacombs in that hotel apparently because apparently there's like an underground thing there that's supposed to be like terrifying. Oh yeah. Yeah, like a lot of I think a lot of folks have been there that said that 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 was the eeriest part of the trip was just being under. There's like a like a a galley or something like that that's underneath the hotel, and people say that they've felt and heard stuff there, and I don't know. That sounds fun to me. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. It's same here. I love that type like, of stuff. Yay! I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's we've been we've always been teasing about us having like a retreat out there to like to kind of stay and. I don't know, I, but I want to be there when like no one's there. That's the thing, mm, like, I, but, which will never happen. But like, it would be so cool no. to have like the, the king experience of just being in that place, just alone with like you know your family. Mm. Um, Jason, what, what, what are your thoughts on the, the 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 shining on your list? Why why is it a Thanksgiving tale for you? Well, family comes to mind as dysfunctional. Again, I I I, I lean more towards the humorous when I was making this list. <laughs> But uh, again, I'm going to make a <laughs> humorous remark about, especially over the last, you know, four years of the last administration, you're witnessing your family descent into madness. Mm-hmm. Or, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You didn't know it was going to go there until the election happened. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. you are. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> okay. What the fuck? 
Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, drunk people at a party. There's no Thanksgiving argument like a political argument. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Jesus. Right. Like, no, but I, I, again, it's just the, the, again, I lean more towards the, the funny and it was just a dysfunctional family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is fine. Uh, it's another, it's another family story. Like he, he, we talked about Pet Cemetery and talked about another one. Oh, well, a little bit with, with 112263. Yeah, a little bit with that with the community and stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, and, uh, Dolores, I said dysfunctional for yeah. Dolores. They weren't. Yeah. One of my favorite sections of The Shining is when they're walking through the pantry, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it really is one of my favorites because I love the descriptions and just like the, the time when he talks about the bushels of apples that like smells mm-hmm. like fall. That is just such a fall memory. And like the being on the roof when he's like, fixing the shingles it's just like you can feel fall coming on and like that looming winter quality that it's just kind of in the air but it's not quite there yet you know yeah because my favorite passage is like when they pack everything up and they leave is Mm -hmm. days before halloween so i mean they are i mean they clearly spent thanksgiving there (laughs) yeah is there a thing is there a thanksgiving passage I, I feel like there is. I they talk about is. the turkey and then making turkey leftovers for the yes. next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yep. Well, there you go. There's, yeah. It's on yeah. Brand. And then it's a capon for Christmas, which apparently I found out what a capon is because of Ina Garten. It's a castrated cockerel. Jesus. So, oh, kind of like a turkey, but just she like would know. Big bird. Yes, she would. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I kind of, I don't know. The, the, the Shining is like weirdly escapist for me. Like, that's, uh-huh. That sounds like a, that sounds like a dream. I know that the, the the irony of like I, you know five months of peace is just what I want, you know, in the, in the, especially in the Kubrick run. But that is what I want. Like if they get, if someone said right now, hey, we have this huge estate, possibly haunted, by the way, and you know, or not this huge estate, <laughs> we have this huge fucking like you know luxury hotel. You and whoever you want to take with you are going to stay in there. And I knew about the booze ahead of time or anything that's going to cause me nuts. Like if I, you know, planned accordingly, you know, and didn't kind of, you know, I don't have any awful evil vices and stuff, but I think it would be great. I think this would be, it's a great situation, especially Mm -hmm. given the pandemic. I think all of us are pretty much trained at this point for it, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah. The Shining is a perfect pandemic Thanksgiving movie or book. Uh, It would have been perfect to read last November when Mm -hmm. we, when we Mm -hmm. really couldn't actually go home. Although, you know, America, everyone, everyone broke that rule, but just did, yeah. yeah they just did anyway. <laughs> Do you like um, Doctor Sleep as much as The Shining, bookwise? Bookwise, not as much for sure. Yeah, yeah. The sh- Shining's in. I want to say the Shining. Shining might be in my top five, top six. Shining's mm-hmm. in my top Me five. Too. I love, love, for love sure. Doctor Sleep, but I don't like it as Me much too. as The Shining. We yeah. talked yeah. about this when I was on Collecting King. You guys. Uh, not Jen, obviously, but you guys like bash Doctor Sleep all the <laughs> we time. We do, we do. It's the true knot. I That's, like Doctor Sleep. It's yeah, I like everything. I, I like in everything in Doctor Sleep except for the true knot. Like it just doesn't. I mean, Rebecca Ferguson owns it, so I love her mm-hmm. portrayal of it in, in Flanagan's oh, version. Yeah. But the I don't know. Spending time with him in the book is rough. Like I just kept going. Like all right, let's get back to fucking Danny Torrance already. Like I can't. I yeah. can't handle this anymore. So while he was writing Doctor Sleep. Joe, Joe Hill, was writing Nosferatu. And they like had no idea like what the books were about. So, so crazy. apparently they got together and they're like, oh, what's your book about? What's your book about? Oh, soul-sucking vampires. My book's about a soul-sucking vampire. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. 
So those references, because mm-hmm. there's a, a, a Manx yeah, in, in Doctor Sleep and then, and then True uh, True Not in Nosferatu, they are put in there because they realized, oh shit, we're writing the same antagonist. Huh. Yeah, That's we, awesome. That's so cute. It's, it's so because we've talked a lot about the idea of like since Joe Hill's written stories that are in King's Dominion or have connections to it, if he's going to eventually take over, you know, um, and start writing it himself, you know, like, so I've had the conversation about like, uh, you know, Agatha Christie and, uh, Crichton, they keep, they keep having books cranking out after long after they've been dead. So obviously I've talked about, you know, King, what what happens when he's like, he's obviously going to have some huge back catalog of stuff. He's never, but I, I, I say a lot, but between Joe and, and and Owen, you know, I'm not too familiar with Owen's work, but between you know the two of them, I, I think they could honor. Because who knows what who's doing this stuff with Crichton's books? But, I know. I mean, I, but I, I think I think when King's gone, we're going to get a lot of stuff, and I think they'll keep it true to to what mm-hmm. they're. Uh, and I know I talked about this in Collecting King. Joe Hill also wrote the ending to. Uh, yeah, yeah, I read that. Uh, He's so good, though. I love Joe Hill. When I met yeah. him, I had nine books, and he oh, was wow. so nice and signed all of them. Oh my God, oh, really? Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I was just uh, listening yeah. to 20th Century Ghosts the other day, and it's just such a good collection. I'm mm-hmm. I'm really excited for the Black Phone. I think that's me too, and not just because yeah. of Ethan Hawke. <laughs> yeah, well, that's no, a large that's part, part of it, though, of it. for sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You know, I kind of am bummed out that he's a bad guy in it, though. I kind of wanted him to be a good. I don't like to see Ethan Hawke as a bad guy. Like, it's probably why we don't really see him as a bad guy as much. But I wanted to put out another novel. I know. Well, he. I feel like he he'll kick out something soon. I'm trying to get him on our show to talk about writing in general. Ethan Hawke. We got two. We got two collections, and he's got comic books to out. Yeah. well that's our list um we shared ours i want to share a few picks from our listeners timothy beachy he said it has to be the dead zone well it takes place or a long period of time it is such an autumnal book that every time the leaves fall in the few weeks before thanksgiving i always want to revisit it good one damien kiley no thanksgiving here in ireland but uh, say hi to jo- Joanne Trotter. But I know food is a big part of it for you guys. So may I suggest lunch at the Gotham Cafe? Ooh. Mm-hmm. A warm story about a family while divorced and an unforgettable restaurant experience. You've read that one, Jen? Yeah. I mean, you've read everything. In, so Yeah. That's in Everything's so. Eventual. I didn't think about that one. Okay. It looks like Everything's Eventual is uh, everything for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God. And Mew King was hungry when he wrote it. <laughs> we got three from Skeleton Groove. Yeah. 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 It seems like you're good for there on that one. I feel like Night Shift, we pulled mostly from Night Shift for the Halloween stories. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd have to go look back on, but yeah. Brett Camber, Cujo Littman, 11 is six days before Thanksgiving. I can't imagine that was a very happy one. Uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> he also said Pet Cemetery. He also said most of the losers would object to wishing a, a very happy Thanksgiving, I'm sure. So those are all out. And it's, Not it's, me. I like Holly. <laughs> oh, and then he's, that is true. I, you do like, I, I like Holly and if it bleeds. Oh, my God. Yes. I like, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I like Cynthia Revo as Holly specifically. I can't, I, I'm not really, you know, jonesing for this COVID story that he's got that's got Holly in it, but whatever. Mm. Are we ever going to get a horror story again? Yeah. He's just for until the end of time. He's gonna write his his true crime around a character that sucks. All <laughs> so right. Yeah, well, I want a horror book too. So yeah, I do I like too. 
I feel like we're going to get a horror book in the next couple of years or so. I, I feel like, God, he was so close with, uh, I feel like later was so close yeah. to doing that. And then it didn't, mm-hmm. it, it kind of got a little more comedic than anything. And he just loves getting, I feel like he's like Flanagan now. He just loves getting into that sort of more saccharine sort of final run. Like, I feel like I miss mm-hmm. the days, like we talked about on the Lisey story episode, but I feel like I miss the days where he just let his villains win sometimes, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. I just kind of want that again, but yeah. revival apparently does that. I haven't Me read too. it yet. But, oh yeah. That's you know, a dark, that's, that's one dark of his one. darkest endings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then John William Thompson, uh, I think it's William. He's WM. It's William. He recommended grandma. seems like the natural choice here being stuck with relatives you don't like, uh, Ambrose mm-hmm. Pierce, Ambrose beer solutions. Hmm. Okay. I think I had grandma actually on her on my list and then I saw that the listeners actually recommended it. So I was like, eh, no, you don't need it. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, yeah. I love grandma. <laughs> the scary mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. It's got a witch in it. Woo. And talking about unforgiving endings too. So, <laughs> uh-huh. And then finally, Mark Davitt said, I don't have a specific memory of reading King at Thanksgiving, but I would go for children of the corn. That's a good mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eleven twenty two sixty three, and of course, survivor type for a big feast. So it looks like we got a lot of selections on here that are going to make our listeners happy. Yeah, you know, I think we're, I'm pretty happy with it. But let, quickly to close it out, Jason had a really fun idea, and to do kind of a real quick round robin of basically what king characters might fit. You know, the traditional archetypes we associate with uh, American Thanksgiving. That's kind of the gist, right, Jason? That's that's pretty much where yeah. we're at. So, or 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 the worst worst guest. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to toss out some superlatives and see if you if if we all can match with some of the names. So the first one, drunk uncle. Who in King's Dominion would be the drunk uncle at your table, Jen? I said Jack Torrance. Mm. That works. That works. That wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Janelle, how about you? <laughs> For awkward cousins. For a drunk, drunk uncle. Oh, drunk uncle? Yeah. Oh, I would definitely pick Torrance. Yeah. Like, he's the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. Jason, what about you? Jack. Jack. <laughs> I, had, I had a couple uh, alternatives. I, I was saying uh, uh, Tad Beaumont, um, because technically oh. <laughs> that's kind of what kills him in the end. I, I, you know, I feel like uh, so it could work. It's a little dark. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Tad from Cujo for a minute. From, from Cujo. <laughs> oh my God. No, 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 no. Uh, no, no, but that's, yeah, maybe you grew maybe actually wouldn't grow up in the, in the, yeah, the book. Pet version. Cemetery hey, spoiler. Tad, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, or Teddy Duchamp might be a good one. Mm. Yeah. Again, it's a dark choice. Uh, all right. <laughs> awkward cousin. Who's the awkward cousin at your table, Jen? Harold Lauder is my awkward Ooh, cousin. Ooh, that is an awkward cousin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck. Uh, Janelle, <laughs> who's the awkward cousin at your table? Uh, Carrie. Mm. I had Carrie too. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like with the hair and everything. It's, mm. you know. Just, yeah. She just doesn't know how to talk to people, you know, yeah. never around people. Yeah. She could pass the meal really fast though, or maybe it would be clumsy. I don't That's know. Right. It could just, <laughs> just goes across. <laughs> Hey, she can come hang with me. I love Carrie. Yeah, yeah. You know, if it's like this turkey's not hot enough, and it's like, (laughs) it's like, all right. Jason, who's the awkward cousin at yours? Harold. Harold. Ace. Yeah. Like pre Boulder Harold for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I could save him. Is it is it too mean to say Zelda? (laughs) 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 You'd be like, you're like, wow. It's like, you know, what's going on here? Like. God. All right. This will be fun. Racist grandfather. 
Jen. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I originally put Pop Merrill because of the grandfather mm. thing, but once we started going through the list, I was like, maybe Mrs. Carmody. I yeah. Think. Oh, yeah. That's a good uh, one. That was my last minute switch. Ooh. Racist grandmother. Did you know? I don't know. I was just thinking of apt people. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good one. Deuce, Dusendorf? <laughs> Is it too on the nose? <laughs> no, I think that's great. I mean, yeah, I can I can't think of his name right now. I think it's it's Dusendorf. Dusendorf, I think like it that. is. Yeah, yeah. I have trouble with names, and that's a hard one. Yeah, but yeah, that's who I thought of. That'd be a good one, Jason. Uh definitely Pop Marrow. I'm yeah. glad you switched it because I feel like I'm just copying. <laughs> hey, great minds think alike, you know. Yeah, right. We, we haven't gotten to this book yet, but the only name I could think of, and this is one that gets going to boil Jen's blood. You could probably guess it even now. Big Jim Rennie. Oh, I've got oh, him on my yeah. list. Yeah. I oh, hate him. Uh, you know, yeah. we're going to get there eventually, probably in four years from now. But, uh, you know, it's that's a great <laughs> villain. Great villain. Yep. Speaking of villain, villain at our table, worst guest. Who's Who would be the worst guest at your table, Jen? I said Annie Wilkes. Definitely. Yeah. That could be bad. That could be bad. No way. Worst <laughs> <laughs> hostess. She's, biggest, she's the worst. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jen, is that your choice also, Janelle? Yeah. Yeah. Jason, what about you? All right. I'm veering away from Annie, even though that was my choice. <laughs> I'm going to go <laughs> looking at the collection. I mean, there's a lot of choices. Barlow, he's just going to try to eat you. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Goes a good like, call. Cujo. Cujo would be bad. <laughs> Actually, Cujo would be really bad. He would just be like, he'd be like, the, the, you know, it's already bad enough because the dogs always beg for the food, but like this dog mm-hmm. would just eat you. Right. So. Yeah. And make you, a huge You don't want to give me food? I'm just going to kill you. All right. Yeah. All right. right. Well, get him out of here. Put him outside. <laughs> I I had some alternatives. I, I, I said Roland DeShane. Like, he'd be like the worst. It's just like, <laughs> I, I mean, unless he would tell, a, unless he tells his one story of uh-huh. Wizard and Glass and everyone's sitting there just like, oh my God, is he going to wrap it up or what? Like, like, what, 900 pages later? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like the fucking turkey's cold. It's like already Sunday. It's like going back to work. Yeah. Or Margaret. I found Margaret White would be awful. Oh God! Like, yeah, like, just, just <laughs> oh, yeah. bad. She's awful too. <laughs> just, just a nightmare. Here's a uh, a curious one. I, I I put reluctant invite. I always feel like at Thanksgiving there's somebody that like someone had to invite in the neighborhood or through a family friend or yada yada yada. Jen, who is your reluctant invite? My reluctant invite was Big Jim Rennie. Um, uh, I hate him. He's my like wor- my number one hated most most hated character in all of Stephen King's writing. But uh, I feel like because of his like position in the town, he would somehow like worm his way onto the guest list. You know, I can see that. Yeah, Janelle, who's your reluctant invite? I kind of put Randall Flagg. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, if he's played by Alexander Skarsgård, then... oh, that's a it's a happy invite for you. <laughs> I'd be stoked if Jamie Sheridan showed up and be like, oh, wow, this is, can you talk to me about your work at the, on, in the ice storm? That's a Thanksgiving yeah. movie. Speaking of which, um, there's, a, hey, there's a connection there. <laughs> Dreaminess yeah. aside, he would be awful. Yes. I yeah. Agree. Oh, God. He'd be like, why is he bartering with like everyone at the table? Right. Why does he keep hovering? <laughs> yeah. Jason, who's your reluctant invite? Well, I'm going to match your Remney and I'm going to raise you a Percy Whitmore. Oh, Ooh. God. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He's okay. like, you have to invite me. I'm related I, to the governor. I don't think if he's he family, I don't think you would invite him. I don't no. think anyone would invite him. No. no. Uh, he wouldn't be reluctant. Like, yeah, we're just not going to invite uh, Cousin Percy this, this year. 
I don't think they're going to be. I don't he's think the worst. He, uh, Remy's Remy is bad, but uh, I think per- Percy's. He's the he's the worst. He's the yeah, king's like, worst he character. Sucks. He's like he's awful. It's like, what do you use to clean those dishes? The sponge. <laughs> I don't. I don't think the actor who played him is invited Ooh, to his Thanksgiving yeah. dinners either. Um, no, but uh, oh, hot take. No. Guy's a creep. Oh, he dated right. a really uh, young girl, right? <laughs> yeah. Or married Mary. a really young girl or something? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. He's, he's just yeah. It's There's a, a reason why he's. I think the only good guy he's ever played is for like Lost, and that was like in a season where they didn't know what to do with him. <laughs> He was on Lost. Know what to do? Yeah, he he like he ran like one of the Dharma like during the seventies. Oh. I think it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah right, spoiler, right. Alert, spoiler alert for a show that ended ten years right. ago. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think most people have forgotten Lost, unfortunately, which because it's just like, eh, all right, well, I lo- I still love it. I love yeah, that. Yeah. Show. I like I Lost, lo- but I forgot about it's him great. being it's in amazing. it. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I it's when it came up recently. I think a lot of people watched it during the pandemic, and I was like, good. Like, you know, it's, it's some of the best television ever. You know, maybe people don't like the ending, but I, mean, I don't oh, know. I anyway. like it. I've watched the there's a lot of There's a lot of Dark Tower connections in there. There are a ton. Yeah, because J.J. Abrams at the time when he was still supposed to do it and he bid for $19, you know, he was wielding a lot of it. I mean, the whole ending or the penultimate episode is literally like the kind of like stand, the cover of the stand. But you have a man in black. So like the man in black. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and the, it's it's pretty dead on. Also, Mark Pellegrino, he also plays Lucifer in Supernatural, one of my favorite shows, but mm. he would be a fucking a great uh, Randall Flagg. Oh, you're a Supernatural fan? Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. I have the fun part. Oh, my God, yes. The SPN family grows larger mm-hmm. here at uh, the Losers Club, Jen. This is amazing. That got me through the pandemic last year. I was, I was like, I'm going to finally sit down and watch every episode, and then I became so obsessed that I started watching it again. So it's, like, ridiculous. So but good. Mm-hmm. All right, middle of the table. Now, if you watched Curb Enthusiasm this season, they define the middle of the table as someone that can carry the conversation going on and on and on throughout the night. So that's what, you know, that's what this superlative is. Uh, Jen, who's at the middle of your table keeping things going? Um, I don't know if this person would actually be at the middle of a typical table, but I would want him in the middle of my table. I picked Glenn Bateman. Oh, fuck. I should have. <laughs> that was a good one. I like love Glenn Bateman, too. I do, too. Especially uh, if it's young, hot Glenn as Gary yeah. Sneeze. Not just, Gary Sneeze. Oh, uh, um, Greg, Kinnear. Greg Kinnear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Greg yeah. Kinnear. What? That's that soothing voice. You like mm-hmm. wine? You like pass <laughs> yeah. me some wine, Greg? Yeah, give me two glasses and they'll form a pair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Janelle, who's uh, who's in the middle of your table? I don't know why I picked Richie. Uh, Ooh. From oh. Yeah, that's Love a good Richie. one. I don't know why. I just that like is him. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He would be the most entertaining. Yeah, he carries he carries a lot of the conversation. He's That'd be a really good one. That'd one be a of good my one. favorites. Jason, who's at the middle of your table? Red. Red? That's a Red. good one. That's oh. a good one. Only because in my brain, it's always more friendly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> you just want to hear him keep talking, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had Judd Crandall or Dick Tell me Halloran. anything. Read his recipe to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. That, I mean, Morgan Freeman. Oh, Judd would like, be good. Yeah, because like I mean, oh, like Morgan Freeman actually. The, I, I just the, I just hear that voice, and the same uh-huh, thing with Scatman uh-huh. Crothers too. Like their voices, I'd like I could just listen to them forever. Um, and, I read uh, somewhere that he's going to record every word so that. Oh he, really? He always, yeah, they can always use his voice for things. Oh I don't my know god! If that's, or not. It could be just <laughs> that's amazing. My head, but. <laughs> 
Well, that's what they tell them with the Stepford Wives, though. So look out, Morgan. Oh Freeman. God, that's yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I, I. You know what's interesting was in, um, when Ebert he was still living, he had lost his voice. They actually had so much footage of him talking that they were able to create like a voice box for him that had his that's voice great. that was in there. So I imagine like with Morgan Freeman, all the narrations he's done. And him recording those words, we're gonna get like a seam. It's gonna basically be like an AI Morgan Freeman for like centuries mm-hmm. to come. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I actually, I also had Laurie Underwood. I thought he could be a good a killer middle. Oh you know? yeah. If we got a middle, we got a head of the family. Jen, who's the head of the family for you? I think I must have had the stand on the brain when I was making this list because I put Stu. I thought he would, you know, kind of like quiet it. at the head of the table. I could see him, you know, kind of surveying yeah. everything. I could see that. Janelle, what about you? Mm-hmm. Well, I had Judd for this one. Mm. Nice. Yeah. I don't know why. I just I like him a lot in the book. So. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Jason, how about you? Man himself in one of his books. Oh yeah, that's oh, true. You're right. That counts. Oh my god. Yeah, that that's yeah. a good one. I He'd like be that. good for the middle of the table too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also had Andy Dufresne. Oh. You know. Oh, I like yeah. that. Yeah, people like him. But, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If, I was thinking. I was like, he doesn't necessarily talk to everyone yeah. when he's there, but he does impart a lot. You know, he does impart a lot of uh, you know some good advice to everyone. Okay, last one. Your go-to smoke break partner, even if you don't smoke, but who basically someone that you're going to like follow outside to get some air, Jen. <laughs> Well, in a, a shocking twist, I picked Charlie McGee for this. I figured. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> kind of feel like this category was made for me to pick her. Yeah. Because, yeah, she yeah. could light your cigarette and she's just a delight. So. She'd be great. Just be like, you know, these, this is this is like I'm in the shop. Am I right? <laughs> God. Now I got to think of another one. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Right. Janelle, who's, who's your go-to smoke break partner? Bev. I must have had um, oh. it on the mind. Yeah, <laughs> love Bev. I'd smoke with her yeah. too. I think she and she yeah. smokes too, so it may, mm-hmm. it, it, would, it, would, oh. it would make sense. Yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah, <laughs> Jason, how about you? You thinking of another one? Jed, Judd. Yeah, Judd. Judd. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You probably have a home rolled cigarette too. Yeah, that would make sense. Or rolling. I feel like rolling. Maybe oh. uh, the visual yeah. room to smoke. A cigarette seems like, yeah, I can yeah. see that. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, Up especially. Yeah. <laughs> and Nadine Cross. <laughs> oh man, yeah. We could talk. Sh- we could talk shit about everyone outside. Uh-huh. Um, you know, <laughs> but smoke uh, with her too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of miss smoking. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I do too. I, I had one last night and it was great, but mm. otherwise, I've pretty much I've staved off of it. But. This is fun. I think that's. Yeah. I, I, I gotta say this. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm stuffed. I I think before we put away our dishes, though, and you know, sleepily pack up the food to divvy up the leftovers. Let's tell the listeners what's next and where they can find you. Jason, what do you have going on, and where can our listeners find you? Well, I'm on Instagram at Jason Pellegrini Books. Um, Twitter at J Pellegrini 1983. I am slowly but sure. Attempting to write a new book. Awesome. I have more and more stories in my head. I just got to find the time to write them or the motivation or energy. Mm-hmm. But that is my goal. Well, just as long as you don't go, you, you lean more King than R.R. Martin, as we discussed. So, you know, good, <laughs> mm-hmm. good, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. 
Janelle, what's up with you? What, 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 where, where can our listeners find you? I am at She Reads With Cats on Instagram and at, well, I'm at She Reads With Cats on Twitter, but you take out the I. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> I also write for Cemetery Dance, Tour Night Fire, and Dark Matter Magazine. So awesome. if you like those publications, pick them up or read yeah. them online. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> definitely we'll definitely be retweeting some articles for that. For, that'd be great. Jen. What do you have coming up on recycling analysis? Well, we are about we are just finishing up our month on uh, coming of HR in November, and then we're about to start body dysmorphia month in December. So that's going to be real fun. Um, so we're going to kick it off with thinner, and then we're going to have a special guest join us for one of those yeah. episodes, Mister Mike Rothman. Yeah, it's going to get real guest. dark. I will <laughs> say, uh, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. Not sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think uh, I opted out of thinner because I wanted to to go to the the darker places that this movie is going to have. I won't, we won't spoil it. But. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but we got some light stuff coming up too. We're going to be watching the Bride of Chucky this month. Oh, fun! I love so. that. That's what, I think that's my second favorite in that intro in the franchise. I haven't seen it. So oh, I'm it's excited. so much fun! It's so much fun. Bride of Chucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, oh, I haven't either. It's a blast. It's it's like it's a legit good comedy. Is it? Yeah, like he's Brad Dourif is so funny in that movie. But yeah, it's a lot of gallows humor in that one. <laughs> Jen, where can they find you? Oh, sorry. You can find me at Jim Ferratu on social places and you can follow uh, Psycho Apod on Twitter and Instagram also. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, as for us, that's a wrap on November. What's coming up though? We got not one but two book episodes that are going to be devoted to Hearts in Atlantis. We also are going to have our girl who loved Tom Gordon episode uh drop uh this friday so you know get ready for that mm-hmm. and then to stay on theme for december we're going to be continuing our discussion on king's garbage truck for our archive series because i feel that probably ties in a little bit to hearts in atlantis and where his head's at with some of that stuff especially mm-hmm. with the swinging 60s is uh <laughs> the great mike Myers says in austin powers <laughs> but i mean look we're gonna have a lot more guests under the christmas tree or the, the proverbial christmas tree that is your podcast feed so uh you know, keep alert. And you could do that by following us on socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's like Losers Club Pod or a variation of that. It'll come up. And it's always can't stop, won't stop over there. Which, you know, in the season of giving thanks, I'm asking you, just leave us a review if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing by giving us some uh, bright red Pennywise clown noses because I, I feel like we deserve it, you know? And it's not... You know, it's a little callous of me to say that and it's a little, you know, to, egotistical to say we deserve it. But I think we do. Oh. I think we've, we've done a kick-ass job this year. So please, you know, for, for Christmas, for Hanukkah, for Thanksgiving, just give us some reviews. We'll love it. <laughs> as we are in 2021 and as we will be in 2022, we are your favorite, your devoted, and your only Losers Club. So until then, until next Thanksgiving, we'll be seeing you over long days. And pleasant, pleasant nights. nights. I got some hot friends. God, I got some hot friends. I got some hot friends. God, I got some hot friends. But you know you want somebody to treat you good. This is the end of our show. For now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, 
Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs>